morning. We're going to have about two starts this morning. This is just the before worship warm-up. We're in a new liturgy today. So I wanted to share a few pieces with you so that as we worship through this morning, you can feel familiar with the setting. Um, Some of you may not feel like singers. That's okay. You can listen in. Or some of you may like to listen in while we learn this liturgy, but we'll be using it throughout the season of Lent. Um, The liturgy setting is not unlike ones we've used before, where if there's a cross in your bulletin before a piece, that means that it's in this particular uh, piece called the Tree of Life setting. And the gathering hymn um, is on page three, and I want to share the chorus with you. Um, I'm gonna, we're going to sing a chorus and verse, and then I'll have you join me in the chorus again so you can get a feel for this piece. If you'd like to sing along, you can, or if choir members like to join me, that'd be great. that one but one of the tricky pieces is that the page turn is between the verses and the chorus so you'll get the hang of that one the Kyrie is next and we're uh, just I'm gonna have the choir join me in singing through the response where there is an a um, that will be cantered for us and so then the where there is a C that's where you will join in so we're gonna sing through that once and then I'll invite you to join me with that on the second time Sing that together. Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy, mercy on us all. Guys are sounding good already. Didn't even really need a warm up. Uh, page 10 is the gospel acclamation, and we use the Lenten one. This is kind of the biggest leap in the booklet. Um, but you won't need anything after the Kyrie until the gospel acclamation. It's halfway down the page for the Lenten acclamation, starting with return to the Lord your God. Same thing, we'll sing it through once and then invite you to join me in singing it through the second time. Oh 
Very good. The rest of the liturgy is pretty intuitive, so we'll sing through it, and, and you will get the hang of this throughout Lent. Um, we did miss printing the offertory prayer, which is on page 13, and that's where the, the liturgy will begin for communion, but we'll talk you through all of that. Um, next week is special because it's Pastor Justin's installation. He has the announcements today, so I'm going to announce that one for him. So please come. We're going to celebrate you afterwards. We're so thankful you're here. And... Um, so, yeah, take it away. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I missed that one at the first service. I'd only had like two cups of coffee, so it was early. Well, welcome to St. Andrew. It's good to see you all here taking a, a stop on your Lenten journey to receive some nourishment among us. And if you are new, we have some visitor information cards in the pew racks that we invite you to fill out and place in the offering plate so that you are welcome to join us and make us your home. And speaking of nourishment on your Lenten journey, we have soup this Wednesday as part of our life in the wilderness. Because you know if you go out into the desert, you have soup. It's a thing. But our services on Wednesday are 12.15 and 6.15. And there will be soup uh, around those times. And there's a little... Reminder thing here, and if you want to invite a coworker, stop by for lunch. You know, you can just hand the bulletin to them. It's a handy dandy little evangelism tool. So, even though it's printed, I don't know how that works. A couple of other things uh, to announce. Well, one was the installation next week. The other is the uh, youth trip meeting, the summer youth trip meeting. So March 11th at 7.15, we're having a youth meeting for, for the trip this summer. And we're looking for commitments and deposits by March 15th, which will be an awesome time for if you have any youth to uh, join us in backpacking through Christon Lutheran, was it Christicon? Christicon Lutheran Church Camp in Montana, which I'm sure will be a beautiful place. And they will deepen their faith and learn to serve and grow closer to God. And also, you'll get them out of the house for a week. So, remember that. And as my girls have discovered, we are also not giving up much for Lent because I think there's still pretzels around. Because we're having pretzels and cookies. And I know we just had Punchki Day, so I feel like I'm on carb overload. I may have to go on Atkins. Let us continue our gathering this morning, preparing ourselves for worship with a brief order of confession and forgiveness found on page two, just inside the cover of the Tree of Life insert. And I invite you to stand as you are able. Returning again to the waters of baptism, we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let us confess our sin before God and in the presence of one another. Gracious and merciful God, we confess to you the truth of our broken lives. We have not trusted your promise. 
promises are locked in your ways. Yet in our repentance honor the gifts of your creation. We have failed to welcome the stranger and the outcast. We have room at the table for the homeless and the hungry. We have neither work to release the oppressed nor admitted our own captivities. Forgive our sin, heal our lives, and set us free, that we might live with your whole creation in the justice and joy of your promised future. God, who is merciful and kind, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, hears the cries of all who plead for mercy. And in these last days has sent Christ Jesus to announce the good news of forgiveness and release to all who are bound by guilt or broken by shame, that they might praise God and serve the world with glad and generous hearts. For freedom Christ has set you free. Thanks be to God. Let us join in our gathering hymn, Tree of Life, found on page 3. Thank you. 
Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Mercy on us all. For the reign of God and for peace throughout the world for the unity of all let us pray to the Lord Lord have mercy Christ have mercy Lord have mercy mercy on us all for your people here who have come to give you praise for the strength to live your word let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Mercy on us. Help, save, and defend us, O God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Lord God, our strength, the struggle between good and evil rages all around us and within us. And the devil and all the forces that defy you tempt us with empty promises. Keep us steadfast in your word, and when we fall, raise us again and restore us through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I would invite the children to come forward for a message. We're going to gather by the cross. Come real close. I want you to see this thing. Can everybody see it? It is. So this is called an Anukshuk. Can you say that with me? An Anukshuk. Yep. So what do you see that's a part of this Anukshuk? Um, a cross. Yeah, there's a cross up there. Yeah. And I think I know one. Um, yep, yeah, oh, let's not climb on it because we don't want it to fall. Yep, do you want to come have a seat right here? Okay. I, I, I see some, some set of one. Yeah, you see some green leaves right here? You see that? Let's not touch it because we don't want it to fall on anyone. But what do you think this is here for? Yeah? Yeah. This is an Anukshuk. Can you say that with me again? Anukshuk. And it's meant to be like a little statue in the wilderness. You see this little token? What does this look like? 
it's an anukshuk. But it's like a stack of rocks in the form of a person, right? And so the people that first were occupying in the land north of here in Canada, they would have anukshuks and they were stones piled on top of one another. You can have a seat. Have a seat so everyone can see. And so what they did was they pointed out sacred spaces or special places where people could pay attention, like a really good fishing spot or like a turn on the road. So it marks the way. So can you think of what marks the way for us as Christians in our life? It's maybe right behind the Anukshuk. What's that? Look up there. The cross. The cross is like an Anukshuk for us. It's a reminder of where we can look to find the way. So, oh, that's great. That's so great. That's so great. Hi. Hi, everyone. It's so great to see you. Should, what do you think we should name this Anukshuk? Um, I think I know. Bob? <laughs> Rocky? Anya. Anya I opened a can of worms. Okay. Well, we'll think about it. But here's what I want you to do, okay? It's March today. So there's a season that begins in March, spring, right? Spring begins in March. And um, the snow is going to be melting. I can't wait so, till I can wait. We, um, I'm, I'm build my electric car that I can fit in. It'll be so nice. A leprechaun trap. <laughs> okay. All right. I think I've lost all of you. All right. Repeat after me. Repeat after me. When the snow melts, I will look for a rock to bring in for this anukshuk. All right. That was just my strategy to get you back. <laughs> so I want you to find a rock in your yard when the snow melts, okay? And if you want, you can bring that rock in and put it by the Anukshuk. And it will remind us to look to the cross, which is where we find life from God. Okay? This baby is my baby. Oh, that's so great. Let's have a prayer. <laughs> the Lord be with you. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for pointing the way. Thank you for showing us who you are in the cross of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for coming. Oh, you guys can head to Sunday school. And when you start to... Jesus. Oh, we could. If I um, get a thumbs down at that, he's going to let me get out there. It'll be all right. Yeah. 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 Have a good time at Sunday school. Okay. A reading from Genesis. 
The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You may freely eat of every tree in the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall die. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animal that the Lord God had made. Excuse me. He said to the woman, Did God say, You shall not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the middle of the garden, nor shall you touch it, or you shall die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. The word of the Lord. The psalm for this day is number 32, and we will read it responsively by half verse. Happy are they whose transgressions are forgiven. Happy are they to whom the Lord imputes no guilt. While I held my tongue, my bones withered away. For your hand was heavy upon me day and night. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not conceal my guilt. Therefore, all the faithful will make their prayers to you in time of trouble. You are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. I will instruct you and teach you all the way you should go. Do not be like horse or mule which have no understanding. Great are the tribulations of the wicked. Be glad, you righteous, and rejoice in the Lord. A reading from Romans. Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death came through sin, and so death spread to all because all have sinned. Sin was indeed in the world before the law, but sin is not reckoned when there is no law. Yet death exercised dominion from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sins were not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the free gift in the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for the many. 
and the free gift is not like the effect of the one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. If, because of the one man's trespass, death exercised dominion through that one, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness exercise dominion in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, just as one man's trespass leads to condemnation for all, so one man's act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all. For just as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise together for the gospel and join in the acclamation on page 10. Return to the Lord your God, who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and abounding in steadfast love. The Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. You may be seated. There is a folk tale, a myth. It exists in various forms throughout the world. It's a story about unjust oppression followed by reward and rising above. It's about freedom from the former things. You can find versions of the story all over the world. They date back to as early as 7 BCE in Greece. And the plot line usually involves a little girl and some kind of villain, some kind of ball gown in an event a curfew, an identifying item, a revelation of the truth, a happy conclusion, and the name of this story that you would probably know is Cinderella. You probably know the story from Rodgers and Hammerstein or Walt Disney, but the plot line is so common that it exists in multiple forms throughout the world. Cinderella is a story that reminds us that before you get to realize your full beauty, before you get to marry the prince or the princess, 
before you get to that great feast, all of us at times have to sit in the ash heap, in the unglamorous ash heap, taking our time to reflect about the state of how life really is and who we really are. And Lent began last Wednesday with ashes. As the day progressed last Wednesday, I ended up smearing my cross on my forehead more than one time, forgetting it was there altogether. I don't know if that happened for you, but by the end of the day, it was less of a cross and more of a blob. And I thought, how fitting that the cross that is symbolizing my mortality, my dying, my sinfulness turned into a blob of ashes that made everything it touched messy. Lent is a time for the ash heap. It's 40 days set apart, not unlike the time before the fairy godmother, the time when we can focus on reality. Lent is the time of the ash heap before Christ begins his ministry in the wilderness. It's a lonely time, a time to sit humbled and smudged a little, and the unglamorous waiting for the resurrection while together we tend to duty. Cy Smith is an artist that created 40 drawings depicting each day of Christ's time in the wilderness on the ash heap and what it must have been like for him. A compilation of these drawings is actually put together in a YouTube video that I asked Jenna to post to the St. Andrew Facebook page this last weekend. When I picture Jesus in the wilderness, for some reason I picture him being absolutely miserable the whole time. But these pictures paint a different story about the wilderness. The wilderness offers Jesus quiet solitude for devotion and prayer. The wilderness offers a chance to explore the created world. Time to rest. There's even this brilliant picture where Jesus is sitting content in solitude only to discover that he's friends with the wild animals, enjoys rock-throwing contests by himself, time appreciating a single solitary flower, and time seeing the stars under the clear black sky in the wilderness. And yet as the series goes on, loneliness becomes written across Jesus' face, and his hunger begins to show itself. And of course, in the wilderness, there are thorny briars and circling vultures and dry, parched skin, and even the devil himself. The series starts with kind of a clever caption. For my 30th birthday, I gave myself some time away from it all. And that references the fact that Jesus was just about 30 when he began his ministry. But that's not exactly what the scriptures say about why Jesus went to the wilderness. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all report that Jesus went to the wilderness because on the heels of his baptism, God led him there. It was the Holy Spirit that led him to the wilderness for a time before his public ministry began. And there, Jesus was found to be deprived of all of the normal supports of his life. Those things that perhaps kept him from feeling full force, his vulnerability, dependence, and need to surrender in deeper trust to God the Father. And by doing this, we are told, 
Jesus finds himself hungry and consequently vulnerable to temptations by the devil. But he also finds himself hungry and open to the Father and waited on by angels. Before diving into his ministry, the Son of God with whom God is well pleased, before all of the healings, before any of the exorcisms or miracles or sermons, Jesus was led by God's Spirit to a wilderness place, a time alone, time to pray, time to be led deeper into connection with who he was and whose he was and who he was being called to be. And even the tempter played a role in solidifying his identity. Three times the devil tries to get Jesus out of this whole misery and wilderness ordeal. And three times Jesus refuses, recognizing that no amount of food and no amount of power and no amount of control will comfort him in the wilderness the way that God's word will. So Lent begins for you and I beside the fire in the wilderness on the ash heap. And metaphorically, in the season of Lent, we're invited to follow Christ into the wilderness for a time of fasting and prayer, a time of deprivation from the things that we may also believe are the normal supports of our lives. I have a dear friend who answers the questions, how are you doing? Or how was your day with the consistent response, busy? When following up and asking, how are you feeling? This friend will often respond with, tired. Tired and busy from the same old food and the same old work of trying to avoid the wilderness within. And I think the reality is that most of us probably respond with those words, being on the go, tending to too much work, too many personal requests for help, too many great opportunities, too many demands on time, too many unexpected challenges. I suppose if I were to examine my own life and schedule, I'm totally guilty of that same kind of busyness too functioning or over functioning too much without pausing to rest and I don't just mean recover but really rest my soul so that I can remember who I am and what my priorities are and what I value and most importantly who God says I am but I think we're maybe all guilty of this from one time to another And Lent is that time where we're invited to just stop being busy. To just stop. Stop putting our value or worth in how much we do or do not produce. To stop living so mindlessly, so wildly, as though there were all the time in the world. Lent is the ash heap. Lent is the wilderness time to cut out the distraction and chaos of our day-to-day lives and recognize the reality of life that we might normally deny or otherwise simply refuse to face. Our paranoia, 
our anger, our jealousy, our distance from others, our fantasies and our grandiosity, our addictions, our unresolved hurts, our sexual complexity, our incapacity to really pray, our faith doubts, our dark secrets. In summary, the wilderness that's within us. Most of us would rather just keep on being busy so we don't have to go to the desert and really come to grips with our inner demons. Most of us would rather just keep eating the normal food, the distractions, the entertainment of ordinary life that works to shield us from the deeper chaos that lurks below the surface of our lives. Or in my case, another season on Netflix. What we do to distract ourselves from what's really going on in our hearts is quite amazing. And yet God knows what's in our hearts. And God does not desire for us to stay in the desert forever. In the City Pages this week, there was an article on meditation. It was actually the cover story. I don't know if any of you saw it, but it was titled, Chill Out for Health's Sake. And in the article, Richard Davidson, who's a professor at UW-Madison, is quoted. He, he shared in a TEDx talk in 2019 the rather sobering finding that the average American spends 47% of his or her life not paying attention to what they are doing. And when they are not paying attention to what they are doing, they are significantly less happy, the study finds. And I think maybe this is where the tempter tries to get a hold of us the most, is when we are significantly less happy, and when we are hungry, and when we are tired. Where we are unwilling to face the reality of our sinful smudge of ashes across our forehead and in our hearts. And so we go and go without rest or without prayer or without good food to nourish us. Not because we're fasting, but because we're trying to survive. When we don't stop, when we do not allow the angels to feed us or the word of God to sustain us, I think this is where evil has a way of creeping in to tell us non-truths about who we are. And we begin to believe that we are more powerful or more in control than we actually are. Or conversely, that we are more worthless, more useless than we actually believe to be true. And from there, we find out the truth. That we are beloved in spite of who we are and what we do. Ronald Roheiser, a Roman Catholic monastic theologian, observes what the invitation to Lent is really about. And he writes, Lent invites us to stop eating whatever protects us from having to face the desert inside of us. Lent invites us to feel our smallness, our vulnerability, to feel our fears, and to open ourselves to the chaos of the desert so that we can finally give those angels a chance to feed us. The angels came and waited on Jesus. But I'd also like to think that perhaps they were there the whole way, caring for and protecting and keeping him, even as a tempter came. And Jesus goes from that wilderness full of purpose and identity, but I am sure 
that he is ready for good, nourishing food by the time he begins his ministry. And so when he finally speaks and says things like, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, it takes on a whole new meaning. On the other side of this fast is not some kind of weird ball. (laughs) On the other side of this fast is not some kind of party. On the other side of the fast is first a cross. And on the other side of the cross, where all of the wilderness is crucified with our sinful selves, where God takes care of the desert, then comes the feast. Then comes the glorious feast that we're invited again to today. Then come the angels to fill us again, even as they have been filling us all along the way. And sustain us for all that may be within and without. And for that food, that good, good food. Thanks be to God. Amen. We sing hymn number 334, verses 1, 2, 3, and the one below that says Lent 1. Continue by the profession of faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed found either in the back of your hymnal or on page 12 in the Tree of Life booklet. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son of our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered and was crucified. 
Amen. Turning our hearts towards God, who is gracious and merciful, we pray for the church, the world, and all who are in need. God of the wilderness, we pray for the church. Lead us in showing grace and hospitality to all who struggle with doubt or shame. Make your church holy ground where all people can be seen and loved for who you have created them to be. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We pray for creation. Show your glory in deserts and on mountaintops. Nourish gardens and orchards and bless those who tend them. Forgive us our desire to dominate creation instead of serving as faithful stewards and caretakers. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We pray for the nations. Liberate leaders and governments from the temptation to exercise unjust dominion over those whom they are called to lead and serve. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We pray for those in need. Sustain those who are hungry and alone. Those who are anxious, those who are facing difficult decisions, those who are facing recent diagnoses, those who are facing grief. We remember today especially all those for whom a candle has been lit, all who are on our prayer list, for Dennis and Duane, and all those we name silently in our hearts. Hear us, O God. We thank you for putting new songs on our lips and in our hearts. Hear our voices as we join in songs of lament and praise. We give thanks for musicians and composers and poets, especially Joel, Al, and Jim. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. We praise you for bringing us through the desert into the promised land of your kingdom. We give thanks for saints who have guided us in times of trial and in times of joy. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. According to your steadfast love, O God, hear these and all our prayers as we commend them to you through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always.
continue with a prayer on the bottom of page 13. Let us pray. Merciful God, everything in heaven and earth belongs to you. We joyfully release what you have entrusted to us. May these gifts be signs of our whole lives returned to you, dedicated to the healing and unity of all creation. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. he was betrayed our lord jesus took bread gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body given for you do this for the remembrance of me and again after supper he took the cup gave thanks and gave it for them all to drink saying this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin do this for the remembrance of me the lord's prayer is printed for us and we share in those words together Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial, and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. This is Christ's table. There is a place for you here. You may be seated.
Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you always in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. We thank you, living God, for the body and blood of your Son, which sustains us in the wilderness and in the garden alike. As Christ has loved us in this feast, so send us to love Christ and our neighbors. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. We sing our sending song, number 618. Share the good news. Thank you.